Blog Talk Radio. afternoon. This is uh, Reverend John St. Germain welcoming you again, again, to the Crystal Silence League Hour. It is September 10th, 2019. And you know what that means. It's time once again for the Crystal Silence League Hour. So grab you a cold drink because, man, is it hot. It was 97 degrees here in Knoxville. They say it's record breaking temperatures and they say that every year so you know what that means it's getting hotter every year and um i just can't imagine um what it's going to be like five years from now we'll have to all live underground in bunkers you know the geothermal temperature is usually in the 70s year round we'll just we'll become mole people we'll become hobbits I'm halfway there anyway. If you see my feet, you know, the I have hairy toes. They used to say I was a hobbit when I was in high school. So being an underground would be, or a Morlock. Maybe I'm a Morlock. I don't know. I'm some underground uh, beast, sub, subhuman beast. I'm only the second generation of my family to walk erect anyway. The Crystal Silence League brought to you by the good people at Lucky Mojo Curio Company, and more about them later. And, um, oh gosh, we're so so happy to be here. Uh, I apologize for the nature of this level out at the point. We're still getting adjusted to uh, various things. I'm a, uh, a parent raising a, well, I'm a grandparent raising a grandchild. And so when we have things like, beginning of school year, middle of school year, <laughs> end of school year. Um, we have to adjust things like that. And it, a lot of things do fall on Tuesday. And if I'm doing parent teacher conferences and stuff like that, um, the show just has to take a back seat for that. But we always have uh, podcasts, 184 episodes in podcasts. You can always go um, revisit one of those or visit it for the first time if you're a latecomer to the show. And the show's gone through many transformations. I've, I've noticed the style changes periodically, and it'll change again probably before too long. I have ideas about revamping the format of the show. Um, Crystal Silence League was founded about 1917 by Mr. Claude Alexander Conlon, a magical adept who specialized in crystal ball work. He projected positive thoughts and affirmation for all those in need of such through the agency of the Crystal Ball, and he founded the Crystal Silence League so that he could uh, teach the use of the Crystal Ball in uh, thought work. This was uh, the principles of new thought were uh, combined with the magic of Crystal Ball um, technique to take uh, create a whole new type of um, affirmation work. And uh, we have literature for that. If you go to www org, you can find literature that we provide uh, both from our founder we have a new book which is really a book that has been re-edited uh, by our founder uh, Claude Alexander Conlon called Secrets of the Crystal Silence League and you can get that book uh, for $10 or you buy $12 worth of crystal balls and stuff from the gift shop you get one free and that's a heck of a deal 
And you get a year's membership in the Crystal Silence League with any purchase. Also a heck of a deal. And um, we also have the uh, prayer request page. And if you go there, by golly, oh my goodness gracious, we get 100 to 200 prayer requests a week. And prayer is always free at the Crystal Silence League. You don't have to pay anything for us to pray for you. And you will be prayed uh, over by all the pastors and by many of the members. But first, let's talk about our crystal of the week, which is Adamite. And, you know, uh, that's it's a very funny thing, but uh, uh, Adamite is a mineral, but it's also a theory. Um, there's a theory that there were two races of people, the Adamites, who were the um, descendants of Adam, and there were pre-Adamites who were humanoid beings that existed before Adam. And if you um, look at this theory, uh, it, it answers the question, well, when the sons of Adam the left, uh, left Eden, etc., and it says they went to other lands and married these people, who were they? Well, they were the pre-Adamites. They were the uh, humanoid or human-like people who um, God created before he created Adam and Eve. And the way the Adamite theory arose was in the uh, 19th century when evolution um, became known, when they, uh, uh, anthropologists, archaeologists, and other people were digging up human skeletons that were um, not quite evolved in a full you know, Homo erectus, Neanderthal, Cro-Magnon, Australopithecus. And they're saying, well, these are not apes. These are people, but they're not fully evolved into uh, Homo sapiens. Um, in order to reconcile this with biblical theory, they said, oh, well, these are pre-Adamites. These were humanoid um, beings that existed before Adam and Eve. So that's the Adamite, pre-Adamite theory. But we're talking about Adamite, the crystal. And uh, Adamite is a yellowish green crystal, and um, uh, it is a, um, a very interesting stone. It is a, a zinc-based crystal, um, and uh, this is a, a stone you want to be very careful with if you make um, infusions because uh, – if, if it's powdered and ingested, it can be toxic. So uh, always use an indirect method with it. Now, it's an interesting stone because it keeps uh, away uh, undesirable energies and people. So if you want your private space, you can carry this with you, and it will discourage the advances of people that you don't want to bother you. It also keeps away negative spiritual beings as well. It can keep away those pesky um, ghosts that, um, and spirits that may tend to, uh, to haunt you. So uh, <coughs> um, a lot of people will keep this um, to discourage um, solicitors from knocking on your door or from people uh, like if you're traveling. You have on you to keep the people next to you on an airplane from interrupting you all the time. This is one of the uses for it. Um, so it's um, it's very very excellent. People will make pendulums from it um, to increase the uh, likelihood of getting positive results to avoid bad decisions. Now um, it helps you. Um, Avoid negative emotions as well. If, if you're jittery, upset, uh, you've lost your emotional equilibrium, Adamite can help you avoid the negative extremes and um, find an emotional equilibrium. So if you're into working with crystals um, and doing personal energy work, uh, get a piece of Adamite and work with it and just see what effects it has. And um, 
experiment with it. it it's a very interesting song. It's, it's uh, energy is very, very interesting. Uh, you want to banish psychic vampires from your life? This is a good way to start. With that in mind. If you'll go with me over to the prayer page on the Crystal Silence League website, we're we're on Facebook too. You should you should friend us up on Facebook. It'd be very nice to get uh, news and updates through our Facebook page. Um, you can pray along with me. I never call anyone's names out if they're in the prayer itself. We try to discourage that. Don't identify anybody by uh, name because these prayers are searchable on Google. And that has led to some embarrassing moments for some people who uh, post prayers calling down the wrath of God on an X or something. And then they go, oh, my God, this is on Google. Can you remove it? Yes, we can. So uh, be careful if you post uh, personal names. Or this website is Googleable. Be be very careful. The Google bots will find it. So we do not um, call out names when we do the prayers. So, But prayer ID. We'll start with prayer ID 86392, who says, oh, today my car was hit and badly damaged while I was on my way to work. The sanitation truck made an illegal turn, and two witnesses came forward out of nowhere to blame me. Oh, my gosh. Please pray that the truth of my innocence will win in the end and that I will not have to pay anything out of pocket to anyone for anything regarding this incident. Amen. And prayer ID 86391, who says, I pray for the strength and solidarity in the relationship between my children's father and I. I pray for our relationship to continue to grow stronger every day so that this time around our relationship is going to be solid and last. Amen. And prayer ID 86389, who says, I love you. I love you unconditionally and completely, and I know that you love me, ZZ. This cycle of growth was divine. I had to face fears and challenges to find comfort in the calm, stability, honesty. I love you, and you love me. Mirrors of the deepest, most honored joy. Red threads of love, our hearts together, oneness, twin flame. We're here now together. Amen. And prayer ID 86388. May me being authentic influence KM to have my best interests at heart. May me not wanting to show up for any functions after work not reflect negatively. May I be able to flourish and not think about my introvert personality causing me a loss of employment. Ashe. Prayer ID 86387. Lord and Mother, all of my sisters and brothers, please help me to find direction in my life and help me to navigate toward a fruitful and fulfilling career path. I feel lost, as though I have been adrift for some time. I have been gifted with a good mind, a good body, and good judgment, but feel as though I have not been able to find a way to best put these blessings into service. Please grant me clarity and direction so that I may best serve spirit and my fellows. Amen. And prayer ID 86386, who's praying for S, and she prays, heal him and always thank you. And prayer ID 86384, who says, CG needs prayers for a healing in his body. Appendix burst, Lord, another day without care and death would have followed. Little kids need parents' attention. BG, the mother, save him, Jesus. Prayer ID 86383. Almighty God, please grant me clarity and wisdom to make the right decision on whether to send my son back to his old school or keep him at the new one and grant me insight on which is ultimately the best path to take. Oh God, hear my plea. All I want is for him to be happy and do what is best for him. Free me from doubts, fears, emotions, and opinions that cloud my vision. Bless me with a clear, unmistakable sign showing me where he belongs. Help me make the right decision for my beloved boy. Amen. And prayer ID 86382. 
Please pray for my dog's belly button issues. Amen. And prayer ID 86379. Please pray. L learns and realizes I'm human. L treats me with rejection, walks by me without speaking, does not call or text me. L has lied and stagnated me so many times. I'm embarrassed with L's treatment of me. L just want to be a friend, not love me at this point in my life. If I would just, if L would just call or text, take me out, encourage me, I would be grateful. I pray L deals with the demons that keeps L away from me. Thanks to everyone that helps me pray on this site. I will do the same for you. God bless. Let's get one more. Prayer ID 86374. May my sweet husband be released from depression. May he find time to care for his physical body. May he find time to laugh with friends. May he feel a push to head outdoors. May he... May he feeling healing pink light around him. Amen. Let's have a moment of uh, silent prayer for all those in need of healing and affirmation and comfort. Amen. Well, as we drift along through the uh, pathway of the major arcana, we've reached Trump 15, the devil. And I'm, I'm very happy to uh, come across this card. That's one of those, if you uh, do readings for people who aren't familiar with the Tower of the Devil comes up, they go, oh my God! And uh, it, it is a scary looking card. Uh, the Rider Weight deck is very scary. And when we um, look at the card before we start studying it, we do notice its similarity to the Lover's card. It's a dark section of the Lover's card. In the uh, Lover's card in the Rider Waite deck, <clears throat> we have an angel uh, spreading its wings with uh, uh, a man and a woman on the earth. With the Devil card, we have the Devil spreading his wings with a couple at his feet, and they're chained to the pedestal upon which he crouches, showing a a different type of relationship. So what does this mean? Well, first of all, let us look at the devil depicted in the Rider Waite deck. In older decks, we actually see the devil, uh, a biblical devil, Satan. We see Satan, like if we look at the Tarot of Marseille, we see a very frightening image. We do see um, 
uh, a winged devil. We see the devil with a tail and cloven hooves and uh, several faces, eyes, breathing fire. And uh, we're tempted to say this is Satan. This is the uh, Satan from the Christian church. Um, the fallen angel, Lucifer. And go no further, go no further than that. We're saying this is this is the devil. This is um, the devil carrying all the baggage that goes with the association of the devil. But Rider Waite, though, is not Satan. This is Baphomet, and Baphomet has a very interesting history. The goat-headed um, idol with bat wings and the body of a goat is a very specific image. This is Baphomet. And Baphomet never existed in any ancient culture as a deity. This is not a Babylonian god, not a Mesopotamian god, not an Incan god, uh, not a Celtic god. Where does Baphomet come from? Now, uh, the root of the word has many interesting theories. Um, uh, where to start? Well, we can start with the Knights Templar. Um, the, uh, the Knights Templar were a medieval order of mystics. Um, who were uh, who were suppressed? Well, they fought in the Crusades for one thing. They uh, defended the Temple of Solomon. They believed or maintained that they defended the Temple of Solomon against the infidels. Correct. Now, um, they fought in the First Crusade, so they were in the land, the Islamic lands, and they they came back and they had a very private. Um, uh, they were a very private group and had many mystical practices. Now, uh, King Philip the Fourth of France uh, had a whole bunch of French Templars arrested, and that he tortured them into confessions, and he executed Jacques de Molay, burned him at the stake for witchcraft, and did all sorts of stuff. So, uh, that he leveled hundreds of charges against them, and uh, uh, this was... Uh, during the height of uh, Inquisition and burning witches everywhere and all sorts of stuff. And um, so uh, uh, there was uh, charges of heresy, uh, uh, sodomy, uh, idolatry, etc. Now, um, the um, the um, They say that the um, in the temples of the Knight Templar that they had idols, uh, some of which had three faces, some were human skulls with horns. Um, that they worshipped these um, as gods. Now, during the, these confessions that were recorded, the name Baphomet comes up, and. Um, during the trials of the, of the Templars, um, one of the main charges was that they worshipped this heathen god known as Baphomet, which um, had many different descriptions. Many people um, um, said it was uh, a head, uh, a cat, a head with three faces, and um, – in the temple, they did have lots of different uh, – uh, you couldn't call them idols. They were uh, uh, items they had uh, that they'd brought back from the Crusades. Um, the, uh, but the claims of an actual idol named Baphomet were unique to the um, confessions of the Templars. So – but – there's no specific evidence that a idol that was named Baphomet ever existed um, in the Knights Templar. So, 
Um, but during the confessions, it was claimed that uh, some of the higher uh, ups in the order showed them idols made in the form of Baphomet um, uh, that they uh, worshipped by kissing its feet and calling out um, uh, Allah or Yala or Walla. So basically, um, they were being they were accused of being uh, uh, Islamic worshippers, and Baphomet was uh, believed to be a uh, corruption of Muhammad. So modern scholars tend to agree that that's where the word Baphomet comes from, that it was an old French um, variation of the name Muhammad. And uh, because and the Templars, because of their long uh, occupation um, of Islamic countries, have begun incorporating Islamic ideas and ideologies into their own unique belief system. And the inquisitors saw this as heresy. So the Templars were uh, more or less accused of being uh, uh, heretics because of this um, melange of beliefs that they had adopted. Now, today we think, well, that's what? You know, cause today anything goes, right? You know, you can openly. You get on Facebook and people believe everything, right? Uh, anything goes, but you know, during the time we're talking about, people were being tortured and burnt at the stake for suggesting that God had a sense of humor. These these were uh, Meister Eckhart and his uh, students. So. Most modern scholars believe that Baphomet was uh, probably an old French vari variation of Muhammad. But there are other ideas. Um, um, Baphomet may have other uh, origins. Um, for instance, um, there is a, um, a theory that it could be a code. The um, It could come from... Uh, Alchemy, for instance, and it could signify Basilius Philosophorum uh, Metallicorium, the sovereign of metallic or, uh, metallurgical philosophers. It, it is a formula. And um, now, where we first start seeing a lot of writings about it, um, about Baphomet, um, comes enters uh, our friend uh, Eliphas Levy. So late in the 19th century, the name of Baphomet becomes uh, associated with occult schools. Eliphas Levy publishes uh, several of his books, uh, The Dogma and Rituals of High Magic, which you can get in two volumes. It's a very highly sought-after book. Uh, and he includes an image he had drawn himself, which he describes as Baphomet, and the sabbatic goat. And here we see a winged humanoid goat with a pair of breasts and a torch on his head between its horns. And this becomes our stylized and best known representation of Baphomet. Uh, Levy considered the Baphomet to be a depiction of the absolute in symbolic form. And he describes in detail what this means. Um, and in uh, Levy's description, I have it here somewhere. Um, the goat on the frontispiece carries a sign of the pentagram on the forehead with one point at the top, a symbol of light, his two hands forming the sign of occultism, the one pointing up to the white moon of Chesed, the other pointing down to the black one of Gaborah. This sign expresses the perfect harmony of mercy with justice. His one arm is female, the other male, like the ones of the androgene of Kunroth, the attributes of which we had to unite with those of our goat because he is one in the same symbol. The flame of intelligence shining between his horns is the magic light of the universal balance. 
the image of the soul elevated above matter as the flame, whilst being tied to matter, shines above it. The beast's head expresses the horror of the sinner, whose materially acting, solely responsible part has to bear the punishment exclusively because the soul is insensitive according to its nature. It can only suffer when it materializes. The rod standing instead of genitals symbolizes eternal life. The body covered with scales, the water, the semicircle above it, the atmosphere, the feathers following above the volatile. Humanity is represented by the two breasts and the androgen arms of the sphinx, the occult sciences. See, there's nothing there about evil, Satan, hell, torture. So, uh, Levy's depiction of Baphomet is similar to that of the devil in the early tarot, but uh, Levy was working um, with uh, magical correspondences. Now, we start to go into uh, schools arising at this time. We start talking about uh, uh, McGregor Mathers, um, who equated the devil tarot key with Mercury, which is why um, some tarot have uh, uh, the devil holding uh, the caduceus, which rises uh, from the groin. And, um, um, but see, Levy believed that the uh, the so-called devil worship of the medieval witches' Sabbath was a perpetuation of ancient pagan rites. A goat with a candle between its horns appears in medieval witchcraft records, and other pieces and other pieces of uh, um, documentation. You can look in uh, Cotton Mather's uh, uh, Wonders of the Invisible World and see things like this. Um, so Levy's Baphomet, for all of its modern fame, uh, doesn't match the historical descriptions from the Templar trials at all, right? Um, which described as a cat, a severed head, um, uh, and things like this. Um, it may have been partly um, uh, inspired by uh, some of the Templar churches in Brittany, in Paris, which have uh, uh, gargoyles. Um, that vaguely resemble the, the bat wings and breasts and horns, etc. Maybe, but what we're looking here is a whole new symbolism. Um, now, we go back further. Levy, Levy also refers to the goat of Mendes, um, possibly. Uh, referring to Her Herodotus's account that the god Amendes, which is the Greek name uh, for Jeda, the Egyptian god, was depicted with a goat's face and legs. So um, apparently um, several places in the delta, uh, Hermopolis, Lycopolis, and Mendes, the god Pan and the goat were worshipped. Um, Several uh, anthropologists says that in these places, goats had intercourse with women, and Herodotus uh, cites instances, a case which was said to have taken place in the open day. The Mendesians, according um, to Herodotus, paid reverence to all goats and more to the males than to the females, and particularly to one he-goat, on the death of which public mourning is observed throughout the whole Mendesian district, they call upon both Pan and the goat Mendes and both were worshipped as gods of generation and fecundity. Um, so the cult of the goat of Mendes um, is also associated with the cult of Priapus and uh, groups both gods with the uh, uh, in the same group as uh, pans and satyrs. So the goats um, refer to all these writers um, as uh, the Mendean Rams or Ram of Mendes, the cult of which was, according to uh, various writers, established by uh, a fellow named uh, uh, Kakao, who was a king of the Second Dynasty. So this image of the goat goes very, very far back. Um, now let's go. Let's go to another school of this time, Aleister Crowley. Uh, so the Baphomet of Levy was to become an important figure um, in the uh, uh, mythology 
and symbology of uh, of uh, Thelema, the mystical system established by uh, Aleister Crowley in the early 20th century, um, because Baphomet features in the creed of the Gnostic Catholic Church, um, recited by the congregation of the Gnostic Mass in the sentence, and I believe in the serpent and the lion, mystery of mysteries, in his name, Baphomet. So in uh, Book 4 of Magic, uh, Crowley asserted that Baphomet was a divine androgyne and the hieroglyph of arcane perfection, seen as that which reflects what occurs above, so reflects below, or as above, so below. And uh, in Crowley's words, the devil does not exist. It is a false name invented by the Black Brothers who imply a unity in their ignorant of dispersions. A devil who had unity would be a god. The devil is historically the god of any people that one personally dislikes. The serpent, Satan, is not the enemy of man, but he who made gods of our race, knowing good and evil. He bade know thyself and taught initiation. He is the devil of the book of Toth, and his emblem is Baphomet, the androgyne who is the hieroglyph of arcane perfection. He is therefore life and love, but moreover, his letter is Ion, the eye, so that he is light, and his zodiacal image is Capricornus, that leaping goat whose attribute is liberty. So we have a huge, a huge body of um, lore and literature around Baphomet, who never really existed. <laughs> but he is a combination of the satyr, the uh, the great god Pan, uh, the Egyptian god Ba, the uh, uh, the uh, apotheosis of uh, Levi's um, divine symbol of the unification of all uh, elements of life, of Crowley's uh, I am, um, um, the um, so. Levy's Baphomet is the source of the later tarot image of the devil in the Rider Waite design. So we'll look at it. But let's have station identification while I get a cold drink because I have been talking a lot. Well, so now we do have to um, we do have to look at this card very carefully and, and try to figure it out because we can't completely divorce Trump fifteen from its heritage. It's the devil, yes, it's Baphomet, but it's also the devil. And there's also a very interesting play here. This is Trump fifteen. The lovers is Trump six. And 15 reduces down to 6. 1 and 5 is 6. So these cards are related. They are related. Numerologically, they are related. And why? Why? You know, you have to wonder why. Why are they both 6? And uh, um, the symbology of that number is very interesting. Uh, both of them are numerological 6. And where we have the lovers is the true love card. Here we have the devil is the deceptive love card, the false love card. And so we have uh, the true six, and then we have the expanded six, so the extended six. Which, um, But why do we have the true card at the very beginning of this line and the uh, 
uh, the perverted or the uh, distended card at the end? Well, I think it's because uh, the lover card uh, represents a a naive, um, almost innocent um, form. And this is a more evolved card, a much more evolved card. As we start to get into this area of the tarot, we're looking at psychology. We're looking at very deep stuff. So this is uh, very vital imagery for spiritual work. Um, so is it necessary to for self-realization to go through the darkness? Is this a necessary step? Do you have to go through hell to achieve the light? Is that a necessary step? Some, some would say so. Some would say you do have to look at your shadow. You have to look at the dark side in order to do this. So the devil comes up and when I ask people, what is – that card comes up and people go, oh, oh my gosh. And I say, well, what does the devil mean to you? And for most people who are not uh, you know, hip to occultic lore, they'll say, oh, evil. And I say, no, no, this is Baphomet. This is Baphomet. And I say, um, the devil is really about temptation. And if you look in most cultures like Buddhism, there's Mara, M-A-R-A, Mara. And Mara was about temptation. Mara appeared – at a time when uh, spiritual seekers were uh, attempting to purify themselves, you know, like a, like to say, like a smelter would purify gold to remove it of impurities. Um, you know, these people would uh, turn away from the material world and keep that in mind, the material world, because that's what this card references. Um, to remove that, those last lingering attachments to the material world. Well, the Mara, Mara, who is the Buddhist uh, equivalent of the devil, would appear and tempt them. And Buddha was tempted with Mara's beautiful daughters who were dancing seductively, you know, sex, with um, wealth, and then with um, basically social approval. Because one of the, you know, it's like the three temptations of Christ, which were much different. Very similar, but but different. But one of them, and this is very interesting in Buddhism, you know, Mara said, people are going to think you're an idiot. They're going to make fun of you. They're going to think you're foolish. It's all of this is for nothing. He said, you know, follow me, and I'll make you, you know, I'll make you famous. You know, you'll be you'll be a hero among men. People will you'll you'll ride down the street on a white elephant, and everybody will think you're a hero and think you're great. You, you know, you'll be a rock star. That that was one of Mara's patients which I think is very interesting. It tells you about the culture. Um, and, you know, Jesus was never tempted with that. Um, one of Jesus's temptations, uh, the devil uh, kind of did. He said, throw yourself in this rock and uh, angels will come uh, and save you. You know, it was uh, to test God, I guess, um, but also to show off. You know, look at me. I'm the son of God. So it, it's similar. I guess it's similar. So the devil's about temptation, and temptation can run the gamut, you know. If you're on a diet and temptation says, hey, go ahead and eat that piece of chocolate cake, that's fairly harmless. Um, but temptation can also mean to cheat on your spouse or to steal or to say mean things when you know you shouldn't, to gossip, to slander, to kill, to hurt. And these are not trivial things. You know, casual cruelty, uh, neglect of duty. So these are dark things, and we all have that in us. You know, if you tell me you don't, you just haven't looked deep enough. You've not been provoked enough. Um, we all have these things in us. We all have these darkness in it. And uh, uh, when the devil comes up like that, it sometimes means that you will be tested. You'll be tempted. And, uh, you know, what manner of person are you? What's your true character? And when you are tempted, um, are you going to give in? And sometimes it's okay. You know, maybe you do need to indulge yourself a little bit. Maybe you do need to let your hair down a little bit. Go ahead and have that piece of cake. 
but don't eat the whole cake. The card before the devil's temperance, right? Moderation. It's funny. We have death, moderation, and the devil. Between death and the devil is moderation. Isn't that crazy? So we look at the image itself. We have the two people chained to the devil. Um, the chains are loose. This has all been pointed out. This is a voluntary commitment. Deals with the devil are always voluntary. Anytime we enter uh, an arrangement like this where we are in a deal with the devil, it's a voluntary deal. We're not trapped in that. And uh, many people see this this as an abusive relationship. You know, in modern readings, um, it's a it's a relationship with someone or something that is destructive or abusive. It can be uh, uh, drug abuse or alcoholism, addiction sometimes. But it's always something we can walk away from anytime we choose to. This is these shackles are voluntary. We see uh, Baphomet doing the Vulcan. Uh, live long and prosper sign. There's an interesting story about that. Um, I always thought that was cool. That was so cool. He's doing the Vulcan sign. Uh, Leonard Nimoy wrote a book called I Am Spock. He wrote one before called I'm Not Spock. And then he wrote one I Am Spock. And he, he told me he came up with that Vulcan sign when he was a uh, a young a young guy, a young teenager, I think, uh, going to synagogue uh, during the uh, the blessing, the prayer. He opened his eyes and saw and wanted to see what the rabbi was doing, the cantor. And the cantor blessing the congregation. Um, I think it's called a shin. And they hold their hands up in that very gesture. Both hands are held up in that gesture. Um, uh, and brought together with the uh, thumbs and uh, forefinger and middle finger touching um, to bless the congregation. And when he was... Um, Given the role of Spock on Star Trek, he wanted to uh, acknowledge and pay tribute to his uh, Jewish, uh, uh, not not ancestry, uh, tradition. And so the Vulcan peace sign, the Vulcan uh, salute became that blessing that he had learned in synagogue. Well, this is the same thing as with Baphomet. This is, this is the, uh, um, the Hebrew blessing. And many people say, well, it's a, uh, a mockery of it. It is not a mockery of it because th this is not Satan. This is the blessing. He is blessing this uh, um, cursed relationship, though. So this is a relationship that is being blessed by Baphomet, even though it's a relationship that may not be good for you. But understand this is voluntary. So – it's a very complicated situation you're looking at here. Sometimes you walk through this type of ordeal voluntarily for a higher purpose. And This is a card that refers – remember we talked about the material world. Uh, sometimes materialism is a, is a term that has a lot of different meanings. A lot of times we talk about materialism, we're thinking about money. Um, but in a bigger sense, materialism talks about the material world, period. And the philosophy behind materialism is that nothing exists <clears throat> beyond the world of the senses. If you can't touch it, see it, feel it, um, smell it, it doesn't exist. So the devil perches on this block of stone, um, very similar to uh, the emperor's cube that he sits on. But <clears throat> um, immo immovable, uh, immobile, fixed, just like. The materialist, you know, no, my, my view is fixed. You can't budge me. So denying any spiritual component to life, the materialist pursues only uh, the, the pleasures and the uh, drive of the senses, right? Money, sex, political power. And since what we see uh, when you're spiritually hip, that this always 
leads to unhappiness, or at least it never uh, satisfies a person. It never leads to happiness. The devil has come to symbolize misery, but when we look at these two figures um, standing there, we don't see discomfort. We don't see unhappiness. Um, we see uh, a sort of um, neutral. You know, they're, they're not overjoyed to be there, but they're <clears throat> they're standing there in a voluntary position. But they're not miserable. They're not writhing in hell. So the devil's power rests in this um, ability to convince you that uh, seeking pleasure of the senses, happiness can be achieved. But this is something that you voluntarily enter. This is the deal of the devil. Follow me, money, power. Uh, sex, drugs, um, social acceptance, that's the road to happiness. And this is exactly what we're told, right, through media. That's what the commercials tell you. Drink Pepsi, drink Coke, uh, eat this food, do this. Uh, all the magazines uh, go on the South Beach diet, go on this diet, do this. Uh, wear these clothes, and you'll be happy. You'll be happy. The uh, most important thing in the world, get you a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and you'll be happy. Um, sex will make you happy. Alcohol will make you happy. Money will make you happy. Get you a new car, that'll make you happy. Get get a house, fill it with stuff, that'll make you happy. And you know what? It doesn't. But see, the devil tempts you with that. That's what the devil's tempting you to. And all that stuff is nothing but a chain. You can walk away from it. So the devil wears this reverse pentacle, a symbol of black magic on his forehead. Uh, the, the pentacle carries uh, a lot of significance in uh, occult literature. If you stand with your feet apart and your arms out, you'll see the pentacle symbolizes the human body. The right way up, the head is uppermost, and if you reverse it, the genitals are above the head, right? So in traditional Christian teaching, the power of reason the ability to tell right from wrong rules the desires. Therefore, the reverse pinnacle indicates letting your desires rule your judgment. And the devil's torch inflames the man's tail. And people who experience their sexual needs as both overpowering and destructive have often described it as a fire burning inside them. So we see the devil's traditional meanings, illusion, materialism, misery, and sexual obsession, but... This card carries a great power. The devil stares out at us intently. Baphomet gives us a steely, staggering glance. And what we see in this card is something very much like the kundalini uh, power rising up, beginning at the root of the spine, rising up, evoked by sexual rights. So if we look at the pentacle as a sign of the sex organs rising up to the head, the image reminds us, uh, once again, with its similarity to the lovers, that all these things, that uh, these desires that may be uh, uh, poisonous to us can be turned around and become the road to enlightenment if properly understood. And we start getting into Tantra, uh, Vajrayana, uh, uh, Buddhism at this point. The uh, animal energy can be... Uh, um, controlled, tamed, and turned into divine power, which we've also seen in the strength card. We've seen it in the temperance card. So once again, by simple interjections of symbols, shackles that can be easily removed, pentagrams that are reversed, a connection between the devil card and the lover card, we see uh, levels of... Uh, Subtlety um, that you can't um, you can't overlook. You just can't overlook. Um, so, would this be speculation on my part? Well, no, because from the uh, great spiritual uh, 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 movement. Of the late of the late nineteenth century, when 
Eastern mysticism became very well known in this country um, through um, uh, Buddhists being brought to this country and teaching. Madame Blavatsky, of course, brought uh, brought a Buddhism into this country through the New York uh, um, uh, spiritual ex, uh, exhibitions um, and um, uh, many writers began to uh, bring books and translations of the Tibetan uh, Book of the Dead and of the uh, yoga, uh, the Tibetan yoga books, Epitome of the Great Seal, and other books became known to this side of the world. Um, and the magical groups, yes, indeed, the ODO and uh, the Order of the Golden Dawn, oh, yes, indeed. Uh, the Theosophists, oh, yes, they were incorporating many of these tantric Buddhist practices into their uh, philosophies and into their symbolisms. Not, not a far-fetched idea at all, at all. Yes, indeed. That, and one of the principles of Tantra is that the sexual desire, anger, lust, things like this that are called poisons can be purified and tamed and turned into the means of enlightenment. So here we have the devil, and we can never forget that the devil was God's favorite archangel and always remained, even when he was cast from heaven. He never stopped being an archangel, the bringer of light. We can never forget that. So... The devil implies a great deal more than sexual rights, violent energy, evil, temptation. In its widest sense, we have the life energy itself locked up in the dark, hidden areas that we don't like to look at, the, the stuff we keep buried inside, and yet which is a powerful force of uh, strength. It's called the devil because for those who are not prepared to receive this energy, it can breed monsters. It can be released in violence and rage and, and acts of evil. But for those who are willing to face the shadow and walk through it, it can be a wonderful thing. This is why we often see the devil as a hero. You know, in Paradise, Milton's Paradise Lost, the, the devil's a hero. You're better to rule in hell than serve in heaven was the devil's uh, saying in that. And we often do see the devil as a uh, uh, a tragic but noble hero in uh, many epic works. Uh, a Shakespearean Hamlet-like figure. Um, many artists and poets see him that way. Uh, a being misunderstood so the calm on the faces of these chained men and women indicates an acceptance of a bad situation. Um, we come to view this unhappy condition as normal, and you can even fight against change. Some people say, well, the bad job or bad relationship longer than they should because that's just the way it is. You become normal. So do we um, – do we break – do we break loose from this misery? Do we break loose from this bondage? Um, what happens if you're doing a reading of the devil's reverse? Does this mean that you should attempt to break the bonds? <laughs> uh, it's a very, very uh, difficult card to know what to do with sometimes. Um, to me, I believe it, it, it's a, it, it's a card of great spiritual power. It's like if you're suffering in the situation and it's a situation you have control over what are you learning from it have you learned enough from it and is it time to leave you know are you through paying have you paid your dues have you learned your lesson and you know why, why are you still there is it time to take the collar off and walk away but when you do you know turn around and thank the devil give him a nod and say you know thanks for the lessons give the devil his due well, you've wasted another hour. Um, this is John St. Germain, and uh, thanks for that. Next week, we come back with uh, Trump 16. We've passed through the shadow of the valley of death, and we fear no evil.
I'll see you next week. The Reverend loves you.